RadioInfluence.com. You ready to rock? Ready to rock. You hey, can I, can I tell everybody too, though, like the one thing I've learned from you, that I and I use this constantly just so you always know, this is how you always get a mention on my podcast. <laughs> Whenever I'm doing something and it, it remotely might involve me saying something about someone or something in the news, I always remind the audience that you tell me to say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, I always, I, yeah. I always tell them that. I have to because that's what you taught me, man. And it's so, allegedly and my opinion. I think I do my opinion. I think, do I do that, Jason? I just kind of roll with it. Well, these are, I kind of go like this. These are just my thoughts. You do what yes. you want to with yeah, it. These see? are my thoughts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. So that is how you avoid a defamation suit. Well, or a libel or okay. slander. Well, since we're here then, because <laughs> I, I like to ask you questions and I, I think that I, I think I'm pretty good with these questions when it comes to you, because you often give me like a, a real insight. Shoot. You want, you want to. You want to do the like, hey, we're mid-sentence. So let's roll into the podcast starting. I'm following you, but I do have like a really big good. question. Jason I think, says we're good. I think we're I think already, he's already rolling. Yeah. yeah like, okay. But I do, I do want to ask you this, like, now, since we're talking about the defamation thing, and I think this is something that a lot of people are interested in right now, right? I don't. We were just talking about it before, before we sat down and, and just rolled into this. Kanye was on Drink Champs, yeah. right? And one of the biggest things that people are taking out of this three-hour interview, which I refuse to watch. <laughs> Um, the, one of the big clips that's surfacing is Kanye says something to the effect of basically that George Floyd did not die at the hands of Derek Chavin with his knee on his neck, that he died from fent- I know, a fentanyl overdose, which clearly in the trial, there was a doctor, a medical, a medical person that says he died from not getting air and the knee on his neck. Now the big thing is that George Floyd's family is contemplating, because that's the word that they keep using on all these blog sites, is contemplating suing Kanye for that statement. Now. Wait, so we want to talk about something that this, I mean, granted, we're like small. I'm I'm like a, there's three people who listen to the show, Tampa dude. So um, we want to talk about something that someone's getting sued about. Well, however you want to do it. But here's the thing. That, I hope that- Jason has good insurance. Well, here, here's how I feel too. And, and let's, let's be clear about your podcast, right? And, and, and I think your podcast is dope. And then at the same time, I know it's growing. But also too, something like this, when you give like the dope things that you've taught me in the times that we've spoken, I think more people need to hear that. So even if we got to share a clip together, we'll keep sharing these clips to get okay. you up to 10 and then 20. <laughs> and then sooner or later, we're going to be at a thousand. We'll be like, remember when we were talking about you were only at three listeners? Because I think the dope thing about you, and I just want to give you your flowers while I'm here, is like there's so much chaos out there that you actually care about what you're saying. And yeah. since I've met you, at no point have I ever felt like it was just about the dollar? Like you put so much into like how you present yourself and the things that you tell your audience and people who will just listen and give you the time of day that I think that that's pretty dope. And I, and I tell you all the time, like I mention you on the simple fact that I think you're a good dude and what you do is dope, you know? And I think that that's how you're going to be looking at like back at this in like a year and be like, remember when I was only saying I had like three listeners <laughs> or two people on live. And it's going to be because what you're saying is like dope. And I think that the reason I ask you to weigh in on stuff like this is because I know like this is what the clickers chase, right? The clickers chase this, right? right? And I just think that you're, you always tell me the truth. Yeah. No matter how I may want to take it as a barbershop dude or <laughs> I'm a DJ, man. I'm just asking these questions. You always bring me back to, well, you can hear go the facts. 
Yeah, always, so, always. And, and dude, I appreciate every bit of that. That means a lot. So, give the flowers while you can enjoy them, man. Yeah, yeah, I will take them. Just, <laughs> just like you know, I will use this face as long as I can, and then it's not gonna be there forever. Boom. You know, um, but no, you know, and that was actually something that when I, even before Kanye, I heard it come up again. I don't know. It may have been TikTok or Instagram. God knows, you know, there's a big scary world out there in terms of social media. But I saw that pop up again, even before Kanye started talking about it, just in terms of, hey, oh, by the way, it wasn't just that this guy, that that um, that Floyd died because of um, this exfiscate being strangled, right? We'll call it that. Okay, <laughs> the, the non-medical term, right? Um, but that it was because he had methamphetamine and fentanyl in his system. Okay, there, there's a lot to kind of unpack there in a sense because Kanye might not be wrong, right? Because right now, here's here's the problem when you take a small snippet, right? And I'm not, I don't mean you as in no, you. I mean, I, I mean collectively you, right? right. Hey, Kanye says he died by asphyxiation, right? And or um, that he died because of the fentanyl, right? Ignoring the asphyxiation, I really can't say that word. By the way, (laughs) it is a good thing I was not the lawyer on that trial. But fentanyl, you know, one of the ways that fentanyl kills you if you overdose on it. Don't make me say it. Please don't make me say it. Asphyxiation. Yeah. So could they both have been contributing factors? Right? Could it be that, hey, the fentanyl started it and the knee finished it or vice versa, right? The knee and, and the compression and pushing down on the lungs and, and I don't know if he was high enough on the neck to actually push down on the windpipe and, and to, to truly cause the strangulation that way, right? Could it have been though that the compression on it started it and the fentanyl finished it? Or other way around. So they could have been contributing factors to each other, right? You know, and, and I don't know. It, it's it's a difficult topic in a way because I, I believe the tox reports did actually have that he had fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system. Was what, um, was what Shaven did correct, right? Was it procedurally correct? No. Right. That, you know, look, six years. That never once... Was I ever showed a technique where you put it in the back of somebody's neck, right? That's bad. Now, were, are there areas of someone's face down that you can press on on their back that's not going to kill them, at least under normal circumstances with a otherwise healthy person? Sure, right? But you're also not putting all of your weight on it, right? Sometimes you're just trying to... Some There are some bad people out there, right, right who want to fight you. And it's, it's sometimes it's a matter of figuring that out. I'm not saying that's what what this was, right? Point is, the neck's not the correct place, right? So, you know, could there have been a lot of contributing factors to his actual death? Sure, right? Did the knee on the neck contribute? Yeah, probably, most likely, right? I, I yeah, We've talked about this before. Right. I don't watch those videos. I don't watch those trials. Uh, six years in law enforcement, like I just, from a mental, from a mental standpoint, right. I avoid watching those things unless someone says like when I've done with your show you've you say hey can you watch this right yep I will watch it and I will analyze and break it down so admittedly I didn't follow that as closely as probably everybody else did but I think you got a lot of different factors right and something like that so 
let's take the Kanye piece out of that, maybe. Because I, I guess I'm trying to too get get to the the nitty gritty of really to me what the core question is, and that's more like, can someone sue for something like that? You know, and I know you like I said, you've talked to me before about the defamation stuff and stuff that goes on, right? And the two couple of things that we do know, I think on on the stand, the medical person said yeah. he died from the asphyxiation. So Kanye coming like on these platforms and saying something directly 180 degrees opposite of that and to me we've sued in the united states for a whole lot less well yeah <laughs> is is there is there room for them to sue or is there always room to sue if the if some lawyer is ready to go i'll take the case there is always room uh, there was there's one recently that i was that i saw and kind of fell in that in that category i can't remember for the life of me what it was um it may have had to do with antonio brown i don't know it, it, but it it was kind of along those lines that you look and go really right you're gonna sue somebody over that are you, are you sure <laughs> are you sure that's what you're doing but the defense to defam- defamation libel slander just is essentially all in how that information is put out there right that's how the the differentiated but if it's true that is a that is a complete defense to any of those cases so if, if you can. And look, the, the the level that you have to reach on a civil case, which is what it would be, is different than on a criminal case. So I would only have to prove by a little bit that it's a little bit possible or a little bit true that the combination of fentanyl and methamphetamine also contributed to the asphyxiation, therefore leading to his death. And I only have to prove it by a little bit, right? I don't have to prove it all the way. I don't have to prove that it's the only cause. Ah. So... That, that's kind of how that, that plays out. So I, I don't, so I don't do you know. feel like Kanye's safe? Probably, but he's kind of, he's kind of out there. And, and you know what? The reality is, is it'll probably get paid out. I think does the family have Ben Crump. Yeah, they got, they got Crump. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's like the uh, playbook for, for those cases. Right. Yeah. So and usually people like Kanye have like a, a defense fund over here where it's like, I just pay to make this go away. Yeah, I mean, I could pay the lawyers this much, or I could pay this much to make it go away, and I mean, weigh it that way. I mean, lawyers aren't cheap, especially yeah. if you're Kanye's lawyer. I was gonna say, right when you get to, when you get to that category, lawyers aren't cheap at all. No, I I had a I had a lawyer or a, a professor in law school. He was a he was an adjunct. So he was actually a practicing lawyer. He's here in Tampa, and uh, he would rep. He did a lot with music guys and uh, musicians. I guess music guys would also be known as musicians. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people in entertainment and he just, he handled a lot of issues kind of like that, you know, when, when they would pop up and God, he charges ungodly amounts for it. So yeah, um, there, there's definitely a cost of defense that, that rides in that. Uh, well, I don't know. Like the Kanye thing is just running kind of crazy. I don't know. And that, that, like I said, I, I appreciate you always like giving me or enlightening me, I should say on stuff like that. Cause I just, I watch these things and the word, the word lawsuit or this and that and the other, and then it immediately starts hitting all the blog sites. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, they all have the same tagline. They all have the same hashtags. Right. So it runs your feed for like an hour and the Kanye thing running around, you know, it's just, it's right now. It's like just anything he says is like, uh, what are, I don't, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but it's, it's, he's, I don't know. He's just, he's a lightning rod for like anything. If you have him on yeah. any content creation piece, he's going to like get you all the views. Cause everybody knows he's going to say something stupid as yeah. much as they hate him. And I don't even know if it's stupid or whatever. Maybe but we can get him on. 
Maybe maybe I can get him on as a as a guest. <laughs> hey, Instagram, help me out with that. Your views will definitely change if you get Kanye <laughs> on for sure. I can tell you that. Can, can, and I know you have some things you want to talk about. I don't, I don't know. I guess sometimes like I'm curious as a person that's not black. When you see all the chaos that's going on with like a Kanye West, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't. And I'm not going to take this yeah, any kind no, of way. No, like, no, we I, talk very frankly. Like I said, uh, this is like, I'm I'm not asking you just to put you on the spot. I'm really yeah, asking no. you just like when you're looking at things, right? And you go, <sighs> because as a black man, <laughs> like we're I, just being honest, like we're like lots of us are shaking our head, like a lot of us. And I think some of the things polarizing is what the word I was looking for. He's like a polarizing figure whenever he gets in front of a mic. Right. And I think a lot of times to me, it's because Kanye will say anything. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's just like you just at some point you're going to get some kind of a clip that you can use. Right. So it's like I think anyone that has him on because now Noriega's making the rounds to everybody apologizing for certain things, which to me, you know, and I'll explore this like even further, you know, going down the road is I, I just think it was the wrong platform for him because drink champs, like I told you before, is a it's a we drink and we just talk more. Right. right. There's no need for any podcast to be three hours. I just don't believe it. Like and it's, it's a, a, th- a three hour interview with Kanye West, whoever watches that is really extremely, you know, just looking for a clip or for him to say something crazy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, so again, like as a as a black man, it was more like there were a few lines of disrespect in there. I try to look sometimes past the surface of Kanye West because, like, I, you know, and I've told this story before, I was there for the beginning of Kanye West, right? Working at Def Jam the way that we were. We were on conference calls every single week. It was like, we got this new kid, and he's been producing for Jay and this, that, and the other. And Through the Wire comes out, and we're all like, Pfft. his records were already crazy for Jay, but we're like, this kid's on another level. And then one day we're on a call, and my boss, Rob Loveman, shouts out to him. He was like, yeah, Through the Wire's one, but this next one's about to be crazy. And he plays Jesus Walks on the phone for us before anybody else had heard it, like, in the public. Yeah. And we were like, this dude is out of here. So since then, we already know what we've had with Kanye, right? And I've watched, like, the career and things that I often think, that he just doesn't have anybody around him that says shut up and they're not scared or says, dude, you shouldn't do that. I think everybody around Kanye kind of reminds me of the R. Kelly camp. Like, I'm not going to get put out of VIP, so whatever you do, I'm going to turn my head away and I'm just going to keep walking. And then R. Kelly does stuff, and seven years later, eight years later, you got the dude on the uh, surviving R. Kelly going, yeah, you know, I'm the one that changed Aaliyah's birth certificate. Dude, you should be locked up too. Right. right. So I think so. So that's like my thought as a black man when I watch Kanye, right? That it's like, dude, like, just pause for a second. Like, get a get a real PR person yeah. when you do these interviews. But as someone who's not a black man, like when you guys are watching, when you're watching that, not you guys, I don't know, when you're watching that. Yeah. What is like your take from from that? I mean, I've never there's not really a topic that I look at and, and look at it from a racial perspective. Right. And. and Take it all. Take it back to George Floyd. Take it to to any of any of the things that have happened. Right to me, it's. It, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't want to believe that we live in a world that is driven by race being the be all end all to to these things happening. Right. Um, you know, like the um, the I think it was Philando or something. Castile. Yes, I think that's the one where where the cop took her taser out instead of oh yeah her, her gun right to me that's like that's bad training that's that's not a racial thing or at least i don't want to believe that it is right right so maybe i'm naive in that sense but i mean i grew up in south jersey 
where you had white, you had Sicilians, you had Puerto Ricans, you had Jewish, you had black, like everybody lived there. It was, was, you know, it was all one big happy family, you know? So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's different, right? Maybe. But then again, I went down to Lake Okeechobee area and, uh, I was like, oh, that's where all of this lives. <laughs> right. So, and, and I think like even to your point, right, when you when you talk about the, the Castile case, right, the crazy thing about that is to your point, I kind of want to live in that same world too where I don't feel like things are based on like my color of my skin when I walk in a room. Yeah. But then you, you look at it and what I often do when I see a case like that, and it doesn't make my opinion any more better than like what you would say or what anyone else sees is – I see a woman that had an extra fear, an extra notch of, of oh my God, and that's how she got to her gun instead of her taser. Could be. Because I don't, I, like oftentimes when we watch, the, it's a funny thing about watching those videos a lot of times from, and maybe to your point, I should watch them a little bit less because I think <laughs> I watched them way too much. Like every day my phone, my TV sits on the first 48 for probably like four hours easily. It's like yeah. first 48 times like four, like it's, it's like too much. It's like the way I look at it get handled, it just I just don't feel like sometimes that I would be put in that position of safety or my son would. You know, like when I looked yeah. at the what's it, the Kyle kid that went out there and, and maybe in his mind he thought he was doing a good service. I just don't think I, as a black man, could have walked through that crowd with a shotgun and the cops would have handled me the same way. You understand what I'm saying? But to your point, I wish that I lived in a world where if whatever I'm doing and you're doing if we're breaking the law, we get treated the same way. If we're, yeah. if we're following the law, we get treated the same way. And, 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 you know, to your point, that is the, the world that we should live in. And I tell people a lot of times, like, that's, that's what I fight for. I just fight for, you don't got to put me in front of the line in front of you. But if we're, if we're evenly trained and I'm just as smart, then give us both the same equal chance. You right. understand what I'm saying? I think that's, that to me, as I think sometimes get lost to your point in all of the chaos that's going on out here, like we all just kind of want that world that we can look outside and, all of our kids are safe and they're yeah. allowed to be kids, right? right? Because kids are the dopest thing because when they go meet a friend at school, they don't usually come home with a preconceived. They usually come home and, Ma, my friend I met today yes. and we want to do this <laughs> and can he come to my birthday party? And that's that's the world that we all like hope we can live in. And to your point, I, I, I hope that too. And it's just crazy that there's so much chaos and noise that, I don't know, like you said, we've gotten to this place where every single thing you have to, now you're like, is that a racial thing? Yeah, it's and it's tough. It's like, look, I'm not black. We know that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but sometimes, like, and I know this is probably not going to come out right to anybody else listening other than you and I sitting here talking. I am not racist one bit, but there are sometimes that things happen and, you, and like, just go, oh, God, could somebody in 2022 right. go, oh, that was... That was racist, what you said. Right. And it's just, it's, it's a really weird place to be in at times. Like, like we take the, um, that, that, that Castillo shooting that we were just talking about. I can tell you in six years, every traffic stop, right, that I ever had, I, I got the same little flutter, right? It, it, you know, the same little heartbeat. Right. Whether that was a black guy in the car, a white guy in the car, a Hispanic guy in the car. It was the same because the unknown part Right. Was the same every single time. Right. So for me, it made no difference. But I, I mean, I'm sure that there are people that it's different just from, you know, right. 
I'm not, I'm not naive and dumb, right? At the same time, as as much as I wish it to not be like that, right? It exists. Yeah. And on yeah. the flip side of that, though, I think sometimes, and and this is another thing. Like I said, like as I step out every day, and the more I get into, like I'm trying to be a leader in this. Every traffic stop sometimes is not always the problem of the cop. Like like if you were speeding, you probably you were probably really speeding, right? Right. So when you roll that window down. There's probably not a need sometimes if you're a black dude to start out with the aggression. You kind of probably know why you were stopped. Yes, yeah. we know it can go crazy. And we yes, we know that as a black guy that I tell my I've had the same talk with my son that so many often like keep your hands where people can see him so that nobody goes crazy. And it's a talk that we have to have. But I also have told my son too, right? Like there's no need for you to be a rude guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, bro, if you know that you were probably going 40 and it's 25, Dude, you know you don't do nothing else. My son don't smoke. He don't drink. He's such a gym a gym rat, right? So, dude, like, let's deal with this ticket and go. Like, yeah. there doesn't need to be anything else, and you're right. Like, if he starts with all the other stuff about searching the car, then call me. We'll get the attorney on the phone. We'll get things started that way. But I also, like I just like I said, I just tell him, though, don't you escalate things starting off with the, oh, you're a white cop stopping me because I'm, you know, just because every cop isn't bad. Right. You know, and again, there are some people out there in the news. The news tends to hit with the bad stuff. But there are a lot of yeah. good things happening that never make the news because it doesn't get the clicks. Well, and look, since we're on traffic stops, let's, let's look at traffic stops, right? I mean, Was this the plan for today or this, did we just kind of get here? We just kind of got here. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll come back around because I think all of it may come back around. Okay. We'll, we're going to talk about that. Just want to make sure I didn't mess some things up. Okay. Yeah, cool. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, look, they train you from day one in the academy, in the police academy, right? Traffic stops are high risk. It doesn't matter how low risk the traffic stop is. Every single one of them is high risk. Then you have ones that are even higher risk than the high risk ones. And, and those get handled completely differently. Like like you're on the PA system ordering the person out of the car, right? Which I've done before, but it's like stolen car or we know there's guns or there's something else going on that you're not going up to that car, right? right? So you're from the law enforcement side, you're, you're, you're already there. Like you're already at a 10 of like, this is bad because this is high risk because look here, here was, look, I went to the Academy in 2006. So we're, we're a long time since 2006. Right. Right. And I still remember, and I, I failed this part of it. And I think 95% of the class failed it. And I tell you what, I could have stumbled my way into doing it correctly. I don't think I would remember it today. If I, if I had done it correctly, right? In the example, you come up on this traffic stop, there is a gun on the dashboard, but it's hidden behind the pillar. And it's hidden in the way that when you come up, you can't see it at all. And it drove home that point that you don't know what's going on inside. I'll take you to a real life example, right? And it, it, this, I look, I worked in Progress Village. For, can, can I ask you yeah. before you go, before you get, is it, but it, was it, oh, what, in your example that you guys were trained on, was it okay though for that person to have the gun on the thing? You just, the cop just, didn't, the, the officer just didn't happen to see it? Like in the training, like how did the training go that it was okay for that person to have the gun and they had it in the right place, but because you didn't see it, then it kind of put you in a position? Uh, it, it was the, the, that drill wasn't designed to get there. Ah, okay. 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 But here's a real life example and we're going to get, actually right to that point, right? Actually, I think this is going to tie at the last 10 minutes all together in a <laughs> okay. one nice, neat little package, right? Um, you know Progress Village, right? Yes. Okay. 
those of you who don't know Progress Village, those of you on, on the Instagram Live and listening to the podcast, how, how would you describe Progress Village? Um, from what I, honestly, I don't know, because I don't, like I said, from what I kn- have heard, yeah. I can't really say I've had an experience there, that it's like a little bit of a, like a, could be a rougher neighborhood in, if you look at a, like a rough neighborhood in Tampa. Like, yeah. I can't say that I've had an experience that, but I put it this way, you should understand the street part of life if you go to Progress Village, is from what I understand. That, yeah, so... Progress Village is a predominantly black, high, it's considered a high drug area. Although there are, I, I loved working there because there were a lot of good people. Like it was a place that actually you could go and you could see the difference that you made and, and you couldn't go many places and do that because there were people, we'll, we'll go way back here. <laughs> we're going <laughs> off on a tangent, but Progress Village actually came about when they, I think it was when they built I-4. Okay. There were a bunch of people that were displaced and they built Progress Village, which are, they're single family homes. They're, it's a neighborhood of single family homes. That's the actual name of it is Progress Village. But there's, and it was in the fifties, I believe. Gotcha. So there's people, at least when I was working that had been in Progress Village since the fifties, they moved in there. They were the first ones in there and they still live there. And when I started working in there, it was, they're fighting all the time, shooting, selling drugs. Like I'm afraid to go out of my house. So I would literally just park the cruiser. I would walk and I would go talk to all of these, all of the people that, that live there. And I would just, Hey, you know, all right, we're, we're going to do something about it. And I would check in, Hey, how's things going? Oh yeah. I can come outside now. I can water my plants. Good. All right. We're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, I, I won't get into the, the nitty gritty secrets of <laughs> how right. we got there. Um, you know, but anyway, so I stopped this kid on 78th street in progress village one day. And, uh, I come up to the car and uh, I, so I did a lot of drug work, right? Lot, lots of, that, that was like my whole focus, right? right. Um, which is probably actually why I'm here now versus still working because I tore my hip up in a foot chase in Progress Village. So, but anyway, wh- when you work a lot of drug work and they're even more high risk, the traffic stops because you're kind of targeting and trying to find drug dealers, right? right? Drug dealers carry guns for the most part, you know, kind of cost of doing business, right? So anyway, you come up from the passenger side and I came up from the passenger side and there it was, it was an older car. It was a, maybe an older Buick. And so remember the, the older cars, the, uh, the center console didn't come all the way down to the floor, right? So you had the center console and then you had the floor and then there was a gap in between. Right. So this guy has a gun on the floor center console. I don't know who he is. He's one of the few people I didn't know who he was in the neighborhood, right? So I get his information. Never once tells me he has a concealed permit. Not one time, right? There it is. Now, mind you, the gun is illegal. Like, even with a concealed permit, a gun sitting out in that center is illegal because it's not concealed. Boom. Okay. Right? It's open. Right. Florida doesn't allow open carry, right? Now, truth be told, would I have arrested somebody who had a, a gun for open carry? No. But this didn't go down like that. <laughs> this did not. So I was like, well, crap. I got a gun here. It's probably loaded. I got to get somebody else here because I was the only one there. Right. So I kind of back up, wait for backup to come. Right. And I can see this guy. I can see him doing this the whole time. And, and, and those of you who are listening who can't see the video, kind of reaching forward towards where the gun is. And then and I could see him pulling on the on the transmission. Right. He had one right. of the, the, what is it, like three on the tree type yeah. transmissions. <laughs> And, uh, so I'm like, Oh God, okay. What's going to go on now? So backup gets there. I do turn the car off. No, 
turn the car off, throw out the keys. No, no, we go back and forth, right? Now, mind you, I have a gun. My partner has a gun. And they're now both pointed at him and the car, right? Because we know there's a gun there. Right. We know he was acting erratic, right? Or at least from what we could could see. see. I mean, God, no, I don't know what he was doing. He could have been scratching an itch on his leg, but you can't tell, right? Go, get out of the car, get out of the car. No, 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 no. Now, mind you, I got a 40 caliber Glock pointed at him. So you can imagine the stress of like, why is this guy continually saying no? Right. Right. And still hasn't mentioned that he's got a conceal permit. None of that. He's talking Correct. About. Gets out of the car. Finally, turn around. No, turn around. Get on your knees. No. Meanwhile, I'm still have a gun point. At him. Oh, I have a concealed weapons permit. I'm like, Oh dude, buddy, we are way past that. Like we are, we are, cause I can't, he's still in a way that I can't see. I think he was facing me. I think he had his hands behind his back. So I couldn't right. see what was going on. And I like, I was fine with fighting people. Like I didn't feel the need to go shoot somebody. Right. Only time in six years, I was pulling back on the trigger. Like I was actively like, what is he going to do? I'm going to have to shoot this guy. Right. Long story short, we finally get into a position where I can get behind him and get him down on the ground. Right. Gun was still in the car. He ended up fighting us a little bit. So he got a uh, battery on law enforcement charge. He got tased. And he had a concealed weapons permit. He actually lawfully had that gun. No prior history. And you know what? And I told him this afterwards. I was like, if you had just given me the concealed weapons permit in the beginning, right? Or at least mentioned it in the beginning, right? right? And then did what I asked you to do. Right, even even if it was improper for me to go get out of the car, get on your knees, get on the ground, right? I didn't care that he was black, that he, that 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 was going on, right? All I knew was there was a gun, and I got somebody telling me no, yeah. right? Why are you telling me no? Like maybe I'm wrong, and you know what would have happened? Would have dusted him off. He was said, "Here's my concealed permit." I would have said, "Okay." I said, "You're gonna stand right here. We're gonna go get that gun out of your car. We're gonna unload it. We're gonna put it in your trunk, and that's where it's gonna stay. And you're gonna drive off, and you're just gonna know." That next time, you can't have a gun out in the open. He would have walked away with nothing. Right. Nothing. I wouldn't even give him a ticket. Did he give you... Well, what was the original stop for? Uh, The original stop was for... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) This is where it gets good. Stop bar violation. A what violation? Yeah. So, you ever ever see a stop sign and then there's that... Oh, you mean he hit you with the roll through? No, he didn't roll through. He actually stopped, but he stopped after the line. Oh. You know that white line? Yeah, you got to stop before it. Now, I will say this. Being here. <laughs> now that we're here. I don't know this guy. And I, honestly, having a gun and all that kind of stuff, I would have complied because I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have been like, this is a gun situation. I don't want it to get any crazier. Right. But I probably would have been like, too man, you ain't have to stop me from pulling past this line this much. This is just a reason. But to your point, though, once I'm stopped, though, and I do know that I've done something wrong, I think a lot of us look past that. We, we start, oh, he didn't. Ha- you let everybody else do that. When in reality, like you said, the point, though, is, though, you don't know how many people I saw do that. And you actually yeah. did it. So you're still in the wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but. It was yeah. the gun. Right? The, the gun was the the bigger Right. Issue. But, but, but. 
to his to my point, like I said, I, like I probably would have been in the beginning though. You didn't see the gun through the car. You stopped me, so he probably was at first. Again, this doesn't make him right. He probably was at first, and this is like I said, when I'm talking to like younger kids or kids that are like when I go to like detention homes and stuff yeah. like that, I tell them I'll be like, look, dude, like you telling him what he wouldn't have done to someone else does not make your case any more right. right. Because if just because you go, man, you wouldn't have stopped nobody else from running that red light. Bro, that's not even to this point. You ran the red light. Yeah. You're the one I saw. Well, exactly. You're who I've stopped now, right? And so I try to tell, like I said, younger kids that I talk to is like, look, dude, you do know you were actually wrong here. So yeah. stop looking at this, making it like, oh, you only did it. You still know that you were wrong, so let's address that. Take that. And then, like you said, once it's now we're dealing with the other thing, to me, he definitely should have been like, there's a gun. Look, man, how do, what do we, you know what I'm saying, just to yeah, keep everything yeah, safe. Yeah, I mean, look, it would have been a, a really simple thing. And actually, I think I think I had him leaving the wrong driveway. I, I, I think, look, we knew all the drug houses. Right. And if you were leaving a drug house, we were right. finding a reason to stop you. Yeah, I, that part I know. I think he lived next to it, and I think he was parked in his driveway. And I think, you know, look, we're moving. We're driving a car. There's a heck of a lot of things going on while you're driving. I think I had him out of the wrong driveway. Right. Right. But still, it, it seriously, it would have been a five-minute encounter, right? It would have been all right. Yeah, you're good. You know, Wait, move, th- move, th- move that gun. How about this? How about his mom came out at this whole thing? Yeah, but you, you want to talk about? Hold on, hold on. You want to talk about 2010 to 2022, right? Today, mom comes out, and she would have been all over the cops, right? Yeah. Oh, she. If I had let him out of the car. Mom was, she, oh, she would have whooped him. Oh, she was. Ten moms didn't play. Oh, she was like, "You stupid! How dare you? What are you doing? They could have shot you. Are you kidding me? What are you? What? what? Like it was, yeah." Two thousand ten moms. They was they were still listening to Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand ten moms. Is that a? See now you got me going to ask you something else. The, the line on the, the line on the street. Can yeah. I really get pulled over? Can I get pulled over for pass for riding past that? All right. So technically, you you want to know the the real actual legal answer? Yes, I always want to know the legal okay. answer when I talk to you. And and, and this came, this actually came up in my deposition for this case because the defense attorney was right. There is a tree by that stop sign. And he's like, you can't see past that tree. Yep, you are 100% right. I've run, I've been on that. I've stopped at that stop sign several times, right? Right. You have to stop before the line, okay? But let's just say there's a tree or a building. Like there's Here's the problem with the stop bar, right? It's too far back. Like you can't see anything. Right. Right. I mean, seriously, if you just stop and go based on stopping at the stop bar, right. you're going to get hit somewhere. It's going to happen. The, the hyper-technical legal way to do it is you stop before the stop bar, then you move up to where you can see and make sure it's clear and then continue. Just so we're clear. And no one, <laughs> no one steals my idea. We're shooting a documentary on that thing. It's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup <laughs> against the brothers, man. It's a setup. The line is back here. I I ride right past that line because I need to really see what's coming. Yeah. And then what happens? You. Here I come. That's You're right. It, yeah, we're shooting a documentary, dude. How about if there's no line? Now what? <laughs> this documentary just gets better. I go yeah. from two stars on Netflix to three. Yeah. You got to stop at the stop sign. You got to stop in the line with the stop line. Dude, stop either sign. way, but you put the stop sign back here. Yeah. You have caused this problem, dude. Yep. This Netflix doc is going. We're going, oh, dude. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> I am all in. Let's make that happen. Produced by Jason. Produced by Jason. There you go. But you know what, though? Honestly and seriously, like it's 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 like so dope to talk to you because we have like such an open mind. We're having these conversations. But honestly, from the black side, like 
and it's and it's like I feel like this is like I, I used to call this like in black and white where you'd be looking at the same thing, but you may see it like a little bit differently. Like I guarantee you that there's been a conversation, right? Where brothers in a barbershop, yo, man, first of all, man, like like the line is too far back, I can't even see it. It's like a setup, bro, because he, he I, I, if I stop here, I can't even see. Then I pull out, I get hit. That's our whole conversation in the barbershop, like setting us up, bro. Well, like, you, you gotta drive carefully. You gotta stop before it, creep up to where you can see, stop again, and look. First of all, bro, she didn't told me to come over. I ain't thinking about all them stops. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't told me to come over. <laughs> bro, see, then, then you messed it up another way because I was on my way when she finally said I could come over. And okay. thanks to you, I ain't never get there. So, all right, you want you want to you want to go down this conspiracy theory? <laughs> we'll go down this conspiracy theory path. All right, so uh, Progress Village, most of those stop signs had stop bars. All right, I live in South Tampa. I live in a neighborhood that has stop signs. You know how many of my stop signs in my neighborhood have stop bars? None. Zero. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all a setup, yeah. dude. <sighs> it is all a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Dude, this is a documentary in the yep. making, dude. Like, yep. we we call Mayor Caster and and see what she thinks about you know stop bar placement. <laughs> you know, but seriously though, like now that we're here for real though, now it's like like honestly, and I guess again, like I love these conversations with you. But that is one of the things though that when you're looking at it from like when you have like black people in a room and we start talking about these things, right? They go. And like, honestly, like, and I feel like I'm one yeah. of these people that looks at things and I try to look at things with a wide lens, right? Because, you know, like I very much know that I'm black and I'm very much fighting for like things to be done fairly when it comes to black people. But I would like, if you were my attorney, I would be telling you all day, like exactly what the argument we're talking about now, like the bar sits here, you stop. Basically, when I go there, though, I'm not thinking about that because honestly, until you explain this to me right now, yeah. I've always thought that as long as when I get to that corner, I stop. Right. Dude, there's no way a cop could pull me over because I'll be thinking because like I've been I've gotten a red light ticket right where I just roll through a stop sign and I mean a stoplight right where I make the right turn and I've gotten a video didn't even argue just wrote the check <laughs> I mean, just I just went online and just paid it with the card and was yeah. like it's a wrap like I he like I literally was creeping but I know my car never really stopped. Yeah. I don't even argue. I paid it, right? Well, those are better to pay anyway. Like, pay and be done with them. Don't add the court costs or nothing else. Right. Just, yeah. Right. General thought on that. But anyway. But, but I would, but no, until you sat here and explained it to me, I guarantee you we could walk right now and go in three barbershops and no brother would know that that's a limit. <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't even, honestly, I'm, honestly, just taking the black out of it, I don't even know how many people know that that's an actual real no, law. Probably not. But I can tell you, anybody who lived in Progress Village from 2009 to 2012 probably knew that was a law. Because of the amount of, because people probably would come back and go, they'll stop you for that? Because I would stop a lot of people for that. But that was also, too, in knowing that what you were it, trying to clean up, that it, was a way to kind of make sure, like, a, le a legal, legit stop that was within the law. Like, I'm stopping you for something. This is for real. Correct. Might yeah. be petty, but it's for real. Yeah, it it, it truly was. I, I'll tell you a story real quick. There, there was this dude, the the whole family, and it has nothing to do with the law in in, ter in terms of attorney sense. But man, I'll tell you what, I, I had taken all the all the the drug trafficking classes, right? Right. And, and they teach you, hey, if if someone's trafficking, like moving big weights, they'll have a car in front that is is driving perfect, and then or or excuse me, they'll have a car in front that's driving erratic, and then the, the second car will come through and be driving perfect, so they don't get stopped, right? 
And there was this family. I, when I left there, actually, I was, I was in the middle of doing a, a big time investigation. Like me as a patrol guy. Right. Doing like detective level investigations. Like I figured out where they were laundering their money and, you know, like the, who was moving what. And, and I had a whole hierarchy. Like I had it Did all. Did you have one of those things in your office, like the wall? Well, I didn't have an office, but yes, I did. I actually turned it into uh, to our command staff. You had all the like lines and the pins. Yeah, with with, with the one atop and and the pictures and the names and like the question marks and yeah, yeah, I had it all the way down. I was one second level person missing. Like I had the top, I had one of the people, and then I had all the yeah, I had it all. I had it all all figured out. Um, but the sheriff's office had been trying to catch this family. Like it started. My supervisor had been chasing the dad around for forever, right? And now dad's gone and kids running the show. So I see the car. You, their cars were very recognizable. Oh, right? they had those. Oh, you remember back in back in the day with yeah, you know the yeah, Impalas the, on twenty fours yeah. with uh, you know the the Spreewell spinners yeah. and yeah, okay. So that's what it was. And I see it pull out. I see him driving like an idiot, right? I'm like, oh. Now, mind you. All the times I'd been around, all the investigation I had done, never seen him in person. Never seen any of those cars move. I'm like, yes, got him, right? Driving like, you know, you know what? Right. Get him stopped. I'm talking to him. Oh, man, I don't got anything. No, no, I'm completely clean this, that, the other. And then I see this rental Impala come by, driving perfectly. And I knew it was somebody that was in his crew. And I'm like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. If I was just a tiny bit more patient and didn't get too excited, right? all the dope was in that car behind me. I, I To this day, I would sort of all the dope was in that rental Impala with the guy in <laughs> his crew that was driving perfectly, the speed limit, the stopping behind the stop changing. bar. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, had nothing to do with the law. but So you, so you, you, didn't, make, you didn't get to make the big bust? No, because, well, I was dealing with this guy and, you know, I couldn't really like get him, his stuff back. No, it was. God. So ghost just drove, ghost got everything right by you. Yeah. So anyway, can't win them all, but that's, that's my story about that. I'm just glad to know now that that's <laughs> that how much that stop bar means. I would have, right. I would have never known that. So let's look at the stop bar for this is probably not the most exciting thing about the stop bar but yeah but the stop bar is super relevant look let me tell you something why the stop bar is super relevant because to like honestly like seriously yeah that's one of those things that you get stopped for that then it turns into other things like like it's like i tell people all the time when i look at a rich dude that gets pulled over and i'll be like dude like some rich rapper that gets pulled over because his plates like oh yeah when kodak black got pulled over and it's because the tires are ex- expired on his on his on the, the Tahoe, the 2022 Tahoe that he's riding in, right? Yeah. Like somebody in your camp has got to take care of those details, right? Like your Kodak Black, first of all, which means everywhere you go, there's a bunch of heads turning, so people are gonna look at the car, even if the cops not doing, they're gonna just look at the car. Yeah. Immediately, if even if they just do what what a cop does, just looking for the legality, they're gonna scan the car keep the tags like you know yeah. like up to date so when i look think about that's what i think about when i think about the uh that bar tag tag things you, you know what happens right be driving down the street stop at a stoplight four cars in front of me but in every single one of those tags because what else am i going to do while i sit and wait for that stoplight you know so it had nothing to do with like who was in the car i really didn't care i didn't even really have the time to see who was in the car when i'm running this stuff so but anyway now i want to ask you this yeah is it <laughs> you have to be honest here. Like, you have to be honest here. 
is the quota thing really true? I'm just going to lean on over. Is the quota thing really true? Like, dude, It's dude, illegal. That was not but, my question, was it, Jason? But I, is, that okay. the, is that the answer I'm going to get? It, well, here's the thing. You just Qu- hear the quota thing all the time. Like, they, they got to make the quota. That's why everybody's getting stopped. Quotas are illegal. The, the closest thing we had to a quote-unquote quota was click it or ticket time. There was, there's these certain things that they that the state comes down and says, you need to put an emphasis on, right? right. And so they'll run a, uh, an emphasis on click it or ticket. The state will. They'll put a big media push on it, right? You'll see all the commercials for it. Our expectation, the expectation that was given to us was you stop and write one seatbelt ticket each shift, right? Only, and it was only during that time. I I honestly somehow think I managed to never write a seatbelt ticket. Somehow. I don't know how I pulled that off and never got in trouble, but here's the reality, right? When you are working a job, you have you have duties that you're supposed to do and you have metrics that you're supposed to follow and you know, you're supposed to do work. You're supposed to, you know, kind of show that you're doing some sort of work, right? right? Well, I mean, they your supervisors know how many calls you have. Right. And how many reports you write. And so if you're, you know, look, I, Sundays, I could go a Sunday and have one call, right? 12 hour shift. So if I'm not out there doing something else, right. What am I doing? Right. I mean, are they really going to believe I'm just driving around neighborhoods all day doing, you know, um, and nobody I, did anything wrong. Yeah. So are there quotas? No, but at the same time, like they're paying you to do a job. You actually have to do that job. Right. But so, there's never a meeting going, we need 47 tickets written this this yeah, week to catch no. up on, to make sure we got 300 for the month. <laughs> no. Okay. Just, nope. I'm just checking, man. Look, again, I don't, look, you you, look, you hear these things, I, this this is how I feel about, about the quota thing. I feel like the quota thing, I feel like it's the same way as someone, like, and I, and I told someone this, I said, I, I love when someone talks to me the corporate way. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, well, I got the corporate email. What's the corporate email, Ekin? Here's the corporate email. When you don't want something that you know you're doing is shady in a writing, yeah. you write me back this email. The email goes, my door is always open. All that <laughs> means is come in here and talk to me about it one-on-one in my office. We're never going to put it down. That yeah. way there's no paper trail, right? That's how I feel when, you know, when I, when I, I never, I mean, honestly and truly, I'll be real with you. I don't think that anyone stands in front of the whole staff and goes, hey, we need 47 tickets written this week to get our yeah. quota because there's always going to be somebody in there that feels like this is how I get my big break and go viral. And they record that <laughs> moment and then they send it to someone and it goes viral. This is what the Tampa Police Department is doing. They're, yeah. they're, they're making a quota. They got to write 37 tickets in a week. You know, I, I never thought that, but I just thought there might be like an unspoken thing. But to your point of doing the job, I, I can understand that. Like you do the job at some point, you're just watching and someone's yeah. going to do something. I never wrote a lot of tickets. I really, and, and the only tickets I, for the most part, I, I learned a couple things. One if someone is reading you the riot act on a traffic stop, write them the ticket because I didn't once. And my supervisor said she called in a complaint. I now have to address that complaint and determine if it's valid or not. He goes, if you wrote her a ticket, my response to her would have been, he wrote you a ticket. You can go fight it in court. So from that day forward, only two, two sets of people got tickets. People who read me the riot act when I got up to the car or that I thought was going to file a complaint because I knew that was my get out of jail free card on it or people I arrested. That was it. I I was not a ticket writer. Right. So, 
you know, that kind of to that point of there's no quotas. I was always busy doing something. So no one, no one cared that it took me a year to go through a ticket book. So somehow I get all the facts when I talk to this guy. Stop bars. Let's, let's, let's look at stop bars real quick. Okay. Yeah, you, you want to address, let me tell you something. He wants to address this star I, bar thing because I do, my, this it's documentary is going to be explosive. It's, all right. Here's what's, here's what's kind of cool about it in a sense. How is it cool? Well, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It, it's cool from, <laughs> it, it. look, with what I do now, and, and I could tell you probably more nuanced, stupid traffic laws than most people out there because that was, like I had a book of them. Right. I literally had a, a book in my passenger seat because those were our tools, right? When we needed to know who somebody was, what weird, stupid traffic law can I use? Right? Anyway, so at an intersection with a stoplight, guess what there is also? I'm, I'm afraid st- to ask. Stop bar. Most intersections, most traffic lights, right. there's a stop bar. Same rules apply. You have to stop before it, right? Now, think about this. You're going through lights turning uh, green to yellow, and you're trying to decide, do I go through or not? You go, I'm going to go through. Light turns red as you're going through. At what point do you get a ticket for running a red light? I'd like to know that because I some let me say, okay. some See? let me just tell you a you couple don't like things. You like the stop bar, but you want to know the answer to this. No, because well, well, here's here's a couple things that I've heard, and and again, I don't even know if these are true, but these might be. <laughs> I think these are some of the ways I'm living my life, right? If I get under there and I don't see it go red, I feel like I'm safe. And I haven't gotten a red light ticket, so I figure that's been working. I am never going to, like, I will probably blow two back tires trying to stop if it hits. If I wasn't, like, halfway paying attention and I see it go red before I go under it, I will definitely hit the brakes because I don't want to be that guy that's out here. And some other guy just takes off immediately when it turns green for them. And then we got a big, because I figure, like, that waiting another two minutes could save more than just my life, right? So I I do try to do that. But am I right in thinking that, if I'm under it, right, and I don't see the light anymore, even though, like, the back of my, you know, my car might still be under there, am I correct in thinking that I shouldn't get a ticket for that? I mean, that's what what we would call in, in the legal side of things. That's a really subjective way to do it. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was this really objective way to tell whether or not you ran a red light or not? I'm pretty sure there's an objective way. I just <laughs> didn't know about it. <laughs> I got a, I hit a little secret. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. That stop bar, that's right. your line. It is It is a very objective yes or no. You either cross that stop bar before it turned red or you did not. Then that means I'm living pretty good. I yeah. mean, I wasn't using the stop bar, but I'm actually living pretty good yeah. because by my theory of not being able to see that light anymore because it's over the top of my car, yeah. I'm a little bit even safer. Exactly. Whew. See, here's what, here, and, and look, I'm going to, I'm going to nerd out for a second, if you will. Well, well we can still use We're that We're on your term. platform. I'm, I'm hey. okay. So from the personal injury side of it, Uh-oh. right? So we'll, I'll get insurance adjusters. Well, your person ran the red light, right? And I'll look at the intersection and, it'll, you know, a lot of times it'll be a left turn, right? Some of these intersections are massive. Right. Right. And I'll look at the intersection and I'll go, I'll talk to the client. How, how, how fast were you going when you made that turn? Oh, I was going really slow, right? You go, did you cross that white line? Before it turned red? Absolutely. It turned red while I was halfway through the intersection. Guess what? That person owns the intersection. Everybody else yields to that person, even the green light. Well, let me tell you something else, so good people. That? Let me tell you something else, good people. DJ Eakin has been winning that battle too because I, I 
am going to get out in that intersection. And I'm because I, you know what I hate? I hate the person who just sits and I'm like, dude, get in the <laughs> intersection. Get out there. You're never going to. And then they oh, let the, the left turn. turn? Right. Like, like, yeah, okay. That's a gray area. I don't actually know which one is, is legally correct. Waiting out in the middle? No, no, or no, further no. Back? I mean, like, the light has turned green, and I can actually go, oh, but okay. I can't because cars are coming, right? Right. I don't sit back here. I get out there, and I wait. And then maybe by the time the cars are finishing up, the light's about to turn red, and then I just go ahead and go, but I'm already yeah. clearly out there. Yeah, that one's a little... I'm already out there, though. It's a little gray. How is that gray? You said I'm past the line. Some guys will write you a ticket for that. If I'm already... Now, whether or not the magistrate will agree with them... That's a whole nother question. So, wait. You just said the line is what gives me my leeway. So, you created a gray area on it. <laughs> with waiting for traffic. I'm, but, ta- I'm talking about the... So, let's say you had a protected arrow. Protected, li- like, protected left arrow is when you have just that left arrow. Right. right. That steady left arrow green. And you go, and as you go, it turns yellow. Right? So, there's no traffic coming. That's what I'm. But there's, even, no, there's none. There's they have a red light. That's what. But that's what's happening. Even the other. When I'm talking yeah. about, I'm, I'm saying. Well, like, they have a green light. You're saying. No. No. What I'm saying is the people from these sides. Their oh, light not is those red. Sides. I'm talking about the oncoming. Right. But the only reason I don't go, I go ahead and get out here like right. I want to make the turn, but I still have to yield to these people. Right. So I'm already out here in the intersection. Right. I'm out here. I'm way past this line. I'm just waiting. But it seems like sometimes as these cars are finishing up, it's because this light is turning yellow. So a lot of them go ahead and stop at that line over there. Right. And then it may turn red over my head. But then I just go ahead and go because I'm already out here. I can't sit out here. Yeah. You're kind of in a gray area on that one. So I I should just sit there now and block traffic. Well, no. Now you got to go. That's what. So so again, how is that area gray, Jason? (laughs) Well, some guys already do a ticket for that. So all you got to do is be able to go. I thought I had a clear opening. And, but you know what? One of those cars was going faster than, than I realized. And so I just waited. There you go. Cleaned it up. I'm talking about oncoming traffic like you're talking, but they're stopped. They have a red light. You have a left turn. Right. Right. Where they're stopped and, and you cross that, that white line and then it turns red after you've crossed it, but then their light turns green mid turn. And, you know, you get that guy with the Corvette. I don't know why I'm picking on Corvette. I I actually really like Corvettes. Right. I won't drive one because of the stigma behind them. But But that it's a fiberglass car or something else? You know, the the kind of... That guy's like you in those cool suits driving? uh, uh, Midlife crisis white guy car. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard that one, though. I just just heard it was fiberglass. Yeah. But I I do picture, like... Yeah, see? Snazzy snazzy suit-wearing guy like yourself, all dapper and clean (laughs) and neat. Everything's fitted. Corvette hitting you a little, then you get out. Yeah, they're, they're usually a little. Uh, I don't know. We, I don't know if I can say this and keep the clean rating on here, but they're usually a little douchey. I don't, I don't know if I got douchey. I got like I got money, dude, and and like basically like there ain't much that I ask for that I don't want done. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. and and suits are well tailored. Yeah. Not all the time. You got probably some of those seven inch shorts too. You wear. Uh yeah, usually more in the gym where I wear the sevens. Yeah. Usually nine if I'm. Hanging out. Well, no, the guy who drives a Corvette, though, he's in those seven he's in, shorts. He's in the, the fives. Yeah, yeah, he's always in, yeah. he's in the fives, and yeah. his collar's turned up on all his polos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sevens, by the way, are great for uh, Squattober and leg days. So, anyway. I'm getting there. Yeah. You doing Squattober? I don't know what that is exactly, oh. but I'm getting there. I, I just know the seven-inch shorts, like, they they they, yeah. they rocked out with the new kicks, so. Look up uh, look up Sorenex on uh, on Instagram. They post, uh, they have a Squattober thing. Squats every day for October. Is that what you're in that right now? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you double them every day? How does it work? Nope. Just uh, they they have it all mapped out what you're supposed to do. Oh. My wife wanted to do it, and I'm doing it with her. Happy wife, happy life. Yep. Yeah, because my days of doing heavy squats uh, ended a long time ago. <laughs> wait, you were what? Wait, did, oh wait, you finished telling me right? You were like the thing with the left turn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just gotta keep that in mind. Yeah. So stop bar. That's 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 the reason to stop bar. And it just carries over to stop signs also. Look, man, I did I did not expect to get the lesson on traffic today, but yeah. I am happy yeah. I did because I've been I've been kind of doing it. I've been doing it kind of right, but kind of wrong at the same time. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the same concept kind of applies to the stop signs as well. So think about it like this. If there is an emergency vehicle with lights and sirens on and you've crossed that stop bar, your duty is actually to continue through the rest of the intersection. To get out of the way. Well, stop signs no different. Like that's still your intersection. So you still have to get through and then move over. So that's that's the traffic portion of it. Yeah, that's the traffic portion I, of the show. I think folks need these conversations, though, because like I said, I, I I, honestly, legit, some of the things that you just talked to me about, like, and I've been driving a while, I did, like, the, the bar thing, I would get that ticket on a regular. I'm just I'm just getting that ticket on a regular. <laughs> I am getting, seriously, because like you said, like, you got to pull up to just yeah. even see what's out there. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Let's so, hey. Some of my boys to make sure they're okay. You got time? <laughs> you you want to talk uh, Parkland Shooter? Yeah, um, let's go. To, you know, I like those. I like these convos. So yeah, yeah, we got time. All right. So you, do you follow any of uh, any um, what's going on, or do you want me to recap it real quick? Well, no, because actually, I, I tweeted about that. I um, I tweeted that um, the uh, they went through the penalty phase, and he's getting life. Well, it was recommended by the jury that he get life without the possibility of parole. Right. Right. They're still waiting on the judge to come back and say that that's what's actually going to happen. Right. Right. So the judge is actually. So, and whether it's in the guilty or not guilty portion or it's in this portion, the jury essentially makes a recommendation. The judge is the one who makes it official. Right. Okay. So here's where I was on that. And this was my tweet after I saw it, because I also posted to my Facebook page, um, the clip of them interviewing him and him pretty much saying he was shooting a lot of those kids because they gave him nasty looks. Right. And my tweet which I don't remember the exact words, but it went to this effect. This kid was literally shooting this guy because he's he's 19. This kid was grown. So he's shooting kids, 14, 15-year-old kids multiple times because they gave him dirty looks. If this isn't a death penalty case, I don't know what is. That's, that's, yeah. that's that, like, again, I can agree to disagree with other people. I can have a very, you know, non-personal conversation with people. But when it comes to like school shooting and then the stuff I started to see on that kid, like, like I, the thing about me that, that thing about the thing to me that bothers me a lot of times, and I know, I know you're going to make a point here, um, that I would just want to say about this school shooting and that one in particular, right. Is you have stories of like, I forgot his name, but the Asian kid who was in ROTC, right. That kid, they say saved multiple lives because he blocked the door. Now, while he was blocking that door, the shooter is shooting him multiple times in his back. Yeah, they got videos of that of the shooter kid when they got his phone right. That he was like, "Oh, tomorrow's gonna be a great day." Talking about what he was gonna do. There's all this stuff, right? And there's the plan of him doing this. I think some people failed in the process with all the stuff that was going on with him. But just my thoughts, and I, I don't think there's. I'll listen to other opinions, but if there was ever a death penalty case. 
I feel that that's one because it, to me it's a it's a different animal, man. When you like these are fourteen year old, fifteen year old kids who haven't even gotten a chance to. They're just coming into what life is, and you know, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I I watch probably way too many documentaries. There's a series on Showtime called Active Shooter. And Active Shooter goes through a few of these. It goes through the South Carolina Church one. It goes through uh, the the movie theater one with Batman. But the last one in this series is about Columbine. Ah. And in the Columbine one, actually they dispute a lot of the rumors and they talk about why the dudes did it and this and that and the other. But one thing I distinctly remember from the Columbine documentary is there's a dad. And the dad on there, the only thing that he, he got to keep from his son was the shoes somehow they still had them he didn't want the clothes but the sneakers he didn't even realize it him and his son wore the same size shoes Uh so he keeps the shoes to this day and he's got them on in a documentary and he says you know and his son was one of the ones that they like really truly mistreated in that library part when they when those columbine kids got the shooting right like just like made fun of him because he's like a nerdy kid or whatever from you know just what they say in school and shot him multiple times but the dad makes this point he goes people say stuff like wrong place wrong time this that and he goes that's not the case where was my kid supposed to be my kid was supposed to be in school he was in the library he was being a good kid yeah so when i think of these school shooters however they wind up getting there and especially a 19 year old kid who comes back to a school he doesn't even go to yeah like you have taken a chance for these kids to be to even figure out who they were. These kids, most of the kids he shot in that building, what they were in ninth grade, they were like ninth. Yeah. It was a it was a freshman was, yeah. building, mm-hmm. right? So you got kids who are like, we're in high school now. Like they're just getting, you know, they just got out of middle school. They're in a new place. You took all of that away from all of that away from their family of like no chance for prom, driver's license, everything that would have went on through that, right? Yeah. Prom, all that stuff, right? That's death penalty to me, man. Like, I don't, I got them. There ain't no ways to wash it to me. Like, you know, I know there's a lot going on with mental health and this sort of thing. But when I watch a kid do what I saw that kid doing of like all the videos he made beforehand, all the research he was doing on guns, ordering guns, this and that and the other. To me, it's like you move into the space of the mental health only was here now after these other kids are dead. Yeah. Because you seem just fine as you were doing the research on the right weapon to get. When that kid wanted advice, he would put post and ask for advice for stuff to get oh, answers yeah? to stuff. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that I've, that I've read about. Like he would like, it was something about a gun, but he wanted advice and he asked online. He went online and made a post and asked and got feedback. Online's a stupid place. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, that, that's not even a strong enough word. I don't think for it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, how about this? You know, that's the, that's the first school shooter to actually have a trial. Now, he pled out. He pled to the, un, to the actual charge. Right. But this is the first school shooter with that, that amount of people killed that has had any kind of trial. Is that because most of them have either, like, killed themselves yep. or? Oh, yeah. We, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what's kind of mind blowing is, is like, that's the first one. That's the, this is the first time we've had this in-depth look. Right. So what, what's kind of interesting, cause look, I, I agree with you. I, I absolutely do. And, and one of, one of the agencies I worked at trained us in school shootings and this would have been Oh six. Right. So I think Columbine was, was really the only, was only, was the only one. Right. And, and we went to a, a, an abandoned building in St. Pete, and we did active shooter training and, and I look, the goal was you step over people 
You step over people on the ground because you have one job. Your one job is to go in there and kill the person. Not not just shoot them, right. mind you, right? I think, the, I think the official term was stop the threat. Right. right. But it wasn't like, you know, lay them down on a pillow. I get Stop it. the threat. I get right? it. But it, and, and they did a really good job because they actually put people on the ground. Right. And, and you had to get in that mindset of I'm walking over people. And we had, they had these sim rounds, like it was loud. It was, you could hear the gunfire. You could hear all of this. Right. And so I'd have to this day, if someone walked in my kid's school and I happened to be there at drop off, guess what, buddy, <laughs> we're going round and round now because I can't bring a gun on school grounds. Right. We're going to have, you know, we're going to do a little hand to hand first, maybe yeah, figure it out. Though. Yeah. But we're going to figure it out. Right. Right. And, and you're not going home type of thing. Um, but this one's interesting in terms of it happened in Broward County, right? Broward's not a poor podunk county. Right. Right. So when you think about it, a lot of these, there's a lot of counties, at least in Florida, that this could have happened in where, and this was the public defender's office defending him, where you have small public defender's offices that don't have a lot of money, right? Don't have a big budget. And can't go get experts and can't go get this person and that person and all these mitigation pieces. So you, you kind of had this essentially perfect storm, right, of this guy getting off of the death penalty. One, because, you know, Florida changed the law. What, what is that? So I think it was two years ago, the Supreme Court struck down the original Florida law, which is that we were one of the, there's 27 states that have the death penalty. And we were one of a couple of states that like literally a couple, like one or two that don't require, at least at that time, didn't require a unanimous jury decision. Ah. So if you had a majority jury decision, the judge could still order the death penalty. Supreme Court said, uh-uh. U.S. Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. So that's how we got to where we are today, where it has to be unanimous. Right. Then you add in that we have Broward County, which they can go do and and you know they have a lot of you know their public defender's office is probably seen it all i mean absent mass shootings right right defended murders defended you know a lot of different things where you know um was there glades county i think they're up you know kind of in the everglades i think right. it is i can't imagine they would know what to do with it. i mean i'm sure they would know what to do but you get what i'm saying like, they don't have a lot of a lot of time working in how do we mitigate a death penalty case you know, but it, I mean, it's just, it's a tough, it's an interesting one where it is, you go, how is this not a death penalty case? But then how do you go? Well, maybe the mental health aspect played in, but then how about this? You get 12 regular people. All it takes is one or two, which I think there were three in this case that said, I think the mitigating factors outweigh the death penalty. And we're asking regular people, we're asking you and I right, to go out and go, that person dies. Am I heartless because I don't feel like it's that hard? I don't feel like it is either, but I don't, I lack emotion sometimes. So sometimes yeah, like, it's nice to hear it from somebody else. Yeah. Like I, I here's, here's the thing with me and, and stuff like that. And I've talked about this on my own podcast and, you know, I just think that, you know, and, and I don't ever want to say, because I, I do think mental health is something that a lot of people nowadays are taken into account people need to look into a different way because it is there are some people out here that really have some things going on but when i look at a kid who let me let me use this example let me let me get off of that this this is what i say about my own kid and i tell his mom this 
yo, we know our kid is smart. This is how dope I know my kid is. When he don't want to do something, nah, I didn't get to it. I forgot. Man, <laughs> when my kid got into going to the gym, all the research, everything laid out like he was building Iron Man. Yeah. Like it was all laid out, all the information. And so I say that, not that my kid is even in the same category, but when I looked at what a lot of that stuff that that kid did, right? Again, you cannot just, to me, I have a problem when people take mental health when it's convenient. Yep. Because the kid, here's what the kid did have. The kid had an inheritance that was left to him. He had people around him that tried, that did care. So why didn't you, if these things were bothering you, why didn't that energy go into fixing yourself? How did it become a plan to kill 14, 15 other kids? Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like we never, it's like, it's like, okay, I have mental health issues and suddenly I'm going to take it out on 17, 18 people that don't know I got these issues that have nothing to do with whatever caused me these issues. Instead of saying, you know what, right here though, are options. And I have the resources because I was left an inheritance yeah. to maybe address what these mental health issues are. Because suddenly when he got in court, now we're trying to address all the mental health issues. Now it's like, you know what? I'm sorry. But if you're a parent on the other side, you're like, dude, like you had resources. Why, why did my kid become your resource for yeah. your mental health? You understand what I'm saying? That's my issue with it, right? Like, like there, there are going to be people who probably fire back at me and go, Ekin, mental health is a real thing. Look, man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. To me, it ain't always mental health. Some people are just messed up, bro. And that's yeah. another word I want to use, but keeping your rating where it should be. <laughs> Some people just, they just trash individuals, yeah. right? You know, like It's like right now, right? Something bothers me, right? I got you and Jason here that are like good friends of me. And maybe I don't tell you all my business, but I'm like, bro, man, something's bothering me. You'll yeah. go, uh, I got 10 minutes to talk, man. You want to talk? I leave here and go, no, nah, I don't want to talk. But then I go out here and take my car and just speed down Kennedy like that lady did in L.A. And I run a red light and I kill six people. Yeah. Suddenly that's mental health. I was just sitting here with two guys that are like my friends. How does it become you take it out on a, in an aggressive way and kill people that that's the only way we handle mental health? You understand what I'm saying? Now, not that that's the only way, but that's how these school shooters seem to do it. And then we're talking about, well, was there a mental health issue? These 14 kids that are gone, they don't even get a chance to know if they had a mental health issue because they were in school where they were supposed to be on that day. Right. And some guy walks in, pulls a fire alarm, and just starts killing. Because here's another thing. When you were telling the officer that, because he remembers everybody he shot. Like in this oh, interview, wow. yeah. in this interview, he's running down. Oh, yeah, I shot that kid because when he came around the corner, he gave me a dirty look. And then they'll go. Well, what about, he goes, well, I didn't shoot him because, you know, he just kind of like didn't even look, I just kept walking. Then it's like, well, I didn't kill him. I just shot him once. Like he's going through, yeah. like telling them why he, sh which person he shot, why that. How is it suddenly a mental health thing when you're in court now? It's like, well, we got to address everything else. This kid was literally, he had the gall to leave, mix in with the crowd, go to 7-Eleven and get food. Remember, let's not forget all of these parts. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's why, like, maybe I get like super passionate and I get upset because, again, these kids didn't have a chance. Like, they don't, be, and it, you don't have a chance. This kid's walking around with an automatic weapon. Right. You got even if we hide on top of each other. Like, like I said, that Sorry, one kid, God rest his soul, the kid that was in ROTC, right? Him wanting to protect his friends did all that he could. He took, had to take at least five or six in the back. 
This is a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. Yes, he's a hero now, but imagine. You know what we be saying now? That kid's about to graduate high school. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, there's a difference between mental illness and just being evil. But on the flip side, what else is the defense supposed to do? I'm, I'm not mad at the lawyers. I'm, yeah, I'm never and, mad at the person. And I'm not necessarily trying to defend anybody in this. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking through all the different right. different parts. I couldn't do I couldn't defend that person. Right. There's no way. And, and again, like to your point, I'm not like the legal system. I can't like jump on it when it's convenient. Right. Like yeah. everybody's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. This wasn't about that. We knew the kid was guilty. Well, he pled guilty. But we. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'll, I'll give you that, too, because, again, like you always tell me, allegedly, and we have to say innocent until proven guilty. And then nope. he pled guilty. That was Yeah. Not even right. allegedly. He actually. Right. We don't even have to so, use that. As his attorneys, I'm not mad at them for. Now our job is to try to save our client's life, yeah. right? I'm, uh, that's the job. You, some guys are on the good side. Some guys are on what we think is the bad side. And depending on what you are with the situation that day, it depends on how you feel, right? Yeah. I'm not, I didn't, I never jump on like, you know, it's, it's not to me about the lawyer or whatever. To me, it's about like, I guess maybe, you know what it is? Maybe I'm more like hurt by the jury because I'm just wondering yeah. what you saw to make this a mental health thing. This was evil to me. And I, again, I don't, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all, but I guarantee you anyone sitting on that jury, if it was their kid, they would feel a whole lot different. And that to me is what bothers me. Like, how do you look at someone in their face, knowing that their 14 year old daughter was just in school being yeah. a kid. This guy doesn't even go to the school. He comes to the campus he comes in, he has the wherewithal to pull the fire alarm because he knows that's going to make everybody come out and go crazy. And when they come out, he just starts taking them down. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's it's bad all, along, all, all around, but not everybody agrees with the death penalty, right? I, I'm fine with it, right? But we have a jury of 12 people, even though, like, they all said that, that they could, that, that they could um, vote for the death penalty if if it made sense to, right? But how do we get around the people that, you know, actually are against the death penalty or, or think that they can follow that instruction, but then when push comes to shove, they can't be the executioner. And how do we change that? Can we change it? How do we change the law? Should we change the law, right? Because if we take everything and look at one specific case, right? Which with this being one specific case, right? Granted, it's the bad, it's it's the worst. It's the worst of the worst cases. But if we were to change the law, let's say, and say it doesn't have to be unanimous, what about that guy who goes out and he's convicted of murder and is up for the death penalty, but it was a single murder and there was a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of facts that could have gone either way. Right. Right. You know, do do we change the law because of this particular case right the the school shooting when it could impact a single individual more so right shouldn't if we're going to take somebody's life right shouldn't we do it unanimously versus not unanimous and letting a judge go nope i'm going to order death well to your point with that the death penalty is super serious to me like you know what i'm saying because one of the things that i'm often afraid of and again i watch probably way too much crime right is those cases that you hear about where 
there's been a guy on death row for years, right? And then the evidence comes and that person is innocent. Like those kind of cases to me, or the cases like you said, and again, I, I don't know what the solution is. I'll just be honest, yeah. right? I just feel super strong about probably 98% of stuff when it comes to a kid because I feel right. like kids to me, they just need a chance, right? And I like I don't feel like there's a bad kid. I just feel like there's a kid that either needs to be proper, better guided and someone to sh- someone to show them like they actually care, and then give them give them a real chance. Like if if this guy like like let's take this for example, if this guy would have been a minor, right, the kid yeah. that that killed all the kids, right, if he would have been a fifteen year old kid, I probably would be less going like a lesser person going the death penalty, the death penalty than I am because I'll be like this is a kid, even though I don't feel probably any more sympathy because you still went in there and took these kids lives when to me there probably was another solution like there's like i think the same amount of energy that someone puts into saying you know what i'm going to my school today i'm gonna shoot it up they could have taken that same energy and go on to someone even if it's not and and maybe i just come from a different family where it's like maybe i can't feel like i can talk to mom about this but i could talk to my big sister and at least i can vent it out and she's gonna listen because somebody to me and maybe everybody doesn't have this which is like i said one of the things I love about like how we talk and family and stuff like that, like it matters, right? So even there's going to be things that your kids go, I can't talk to mom, but dad'll be home in a few minutes, and I'm just going to blow it to dad, and I'll get a solution, right? Or some things I can talk to mom about, can't yeah. talk to dad. But as you're, he's but five, I'm, he does it already, right? But I'm sure, like you so. and your wife, the happy thing to you guys is the great thing to you guys is that he will talk to one of us, though. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Because that that to me is what you want, right? So maybe this kid, when you when you're 14, 15, you're not sure about that, but I still don't think shooting up a school is, is the thing i think what happens now is to your point earlier the internet is so trash and we're looking for so much acceptance out there that we spend all this time out there right and these kids right you give them a, 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 an ipad to raise them and that sort of thing yep. so now it's like this is where i'm looking for validation this is where i'm making all these things this is where i'm saying everything because like i said like in reading up on this this kid's been out there and asked for like advice like on a type of weapon or yeah. should he order this so he's talking to people right how do you suddenly like anything that you wanted to know about this before you did it, you were getting all the information. Yeah. You know, so to your point of like, I don't know if, if I'm saying everything should just be immediately put people to death. Cause I would like for all <laughs> the facts to be there. But to me, like, again, like I tweeted, this kid knew exactly what he was doing. When he went in and he was talking to that officer, he wasn't under duress. He wasn't anything. He right. was giving the officer the rundown on why he shot them, how he shot them, which person was where, why he didn't shoot that person or walk past. It's like the guy that, that's at, like I said, that's in the Denver theater. And the psychiatrist talking to him, one of the things that he noticed was he said the people that he shot, he didn't want to have like any connection to them. Yeah. So at some point, somebody in the theater, as he was shooting, was right in the front. That person looked like he smiled at him or some kind of emotion and they made eye contact. He didn't shoot that person. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so there's all these things that, to me, when I look into these things, and I think the active shooter thing, to me, it's more about, to me, it seems like with each one, it's how famous can that person get to be at the end of the day? Well, that's, that's a whole other thing. Like, that's, put everything else aside. Why, why are, and I'm not going to say we in terms of you and me, right? But why does the news give them any credibility whatsoever? Why does the news ever feel the need to put a name, to put a picture, to put anything? That's, if we can stop that, it, it, we look, we, the, the train may have left the station on this one. Right. Right. Like it, we may be too far gone that, that school shootings and mass shootings are ingrained in society and that's just 
how it is. It's really kind of weird to say that. Right. But why are we giving them any press time? Because that is the thing. The, those Columbine kids for a long time were put up on a pedestal. I mean, not our pedestal. Right. But, You're right. Though. You know, of the people who do those types of things. Right. They were up on a pedestal. They were the kings of, of doing that. Right. So why? If we don't give them the time of day. Right. And... and this may seem radical. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here as we're talking, but what if we didn't even talk much about the victims, at least in a news sense? Hey, this something happened. Or right. what if we don't cover it at all? Right. Does it go away? And I don't know. I, and, and that's, look, my my heart goes out to every single family who was, who was a victim of it. So I'm not trying to minimize it. But if we're talking about what impact can be made on the outside and not, it's not a it's not a gun control right. question. Well, it's just not. You're gonna find a way. Like if you want to do that, you're gonna find a way. Right. right? It, 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 I mean, the gun laws the gun laws are more problems for people who want to do things legally, like us. Exactly. The criminals, like to me, they get guns like like that. Like yeah. any any of my friends that remotely plays the line of being like crooked, I can ask them for it before I finish the sentence. They go, I know where. Yeah. You know. But back to your point of like um the coverage on stuff. And I've, I've talked about this to a couple of different people and, um, here's a couple of things. The news has always been the same way, right? It's just now, um, it's more, it's quicker to us because everything is on the internet, right? If you watch the news, even back in the day, right? The whole news starts off with bad story, bad story, bad story, bad story, commercial, bad story, sports, <laughs> commercial, bad story, weather. And then the last two and a half minutes will be like, this lady's got a business over here. She's been saving dogs. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the last two and a half, three minutes, right? Yeah. And to that point, online is the same way. Um, one of the guys I had on the podcast, he is the guy who created Media Takeout. Media Takeout is probably, if not number one, it's definitely in the top three of like media sites, especially to the urban community, right? The headlines are crazy. It's always something crazy. When I talked to him, I kind of asked him that same question, right? And what he told me, he said, Man, I will put a story there. He said, I will put, we, will, we were putting stories up and it'd be a good story right next to the bad story. He goes, right there. It wasn't like I was hiding them. He goes, I know sometimes it seems like the headlines say this. He goes, but we were putting them right beside each other. Because the way media takeout is set up, it's not even about a lot of pictures. It's like the things were just here in titles. Yeah. He goes, man, people just continuously click on the bad stuff. Yeah. The bad stuff, the bad stuff, the bad stuff. And look at what look at what's happening to us now, like even on the phone, right? Oh, the the bad headlines from TMZ on down are what gets shared way more than something good. A yeah. good story will come and somebody almost has to tell you, I bet you won't share this. Yeah. That's how they start to post. Yeah. But let Kanye be saying something like, you know, like uh um, you know, um uh whatever he says, right? I don't even want to repeat half of it, right? But let him say something that got the blogs jumping. Man, every three posts that that's getting shared. Yeah, or or God forbid, Tom and Giselle don't call each other one day. There it is. I mean, it said front page news. There it is. Uh, yeah, it's a. So it's all, we live in a world where we live in. Yeah, we live in a world where like the the bad news is is the best news, and it's it's just sad. We live in and it's a it's a you know you just watch like stuff you'll share online, right? And I'm probably bad at this because I'm a big meme share in chaos, right? Someone gets hurt, man, that gets passed all around the internet. That's somebody fall off or something or, uh, you know, somebody fall down some stairs or somebody do something stupid and fall or something. It's all over. It's getting shared all yeah. day. All so, day. Yeah, it's a it's a weird place, man. You know, so, I don't, like I said, this, the school shooting thing to me is, um, the, the active shooter thing, the the whole mass shooting thing. And, and 
I think what what here's another thing too that that the uh that makes it um a big deal too because aren't mass shootings like literally like if four people get shot in the same place it's not it's not a super big number like everybody thinks it has to be so you start just seeing mass shooting mass shooting mass shooting because the number is a lot less than everybody thinks it has to be you can tell i've done too much reading on this yeah it's it's a low number yeah it's a low number so it can be included in a mass shooting so all of a sudden you'll see these stats that say there were like 27 mass shootings in florida you're like well where i didn't hear all of those right you know, yeah, it's like a weekend when I grew up in South Jersey, we were outside of Philly, right? It's like a weekend in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. But they all, but the people are all together in like one spot. And right. so it becomes, yeah, it's like Kensington in Philly, like every weekend. That's like how the news was there. Bad story, bad story. Like, it, yeah, welcome to the news. Uh, there was a homicide in the Kensington district of South Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. And then the very last story is this lady's doing great things in the community with her daycare. She started it from scratch. She's a military veteran. She did this, and then that's a bit. And not, it's like it's Philly. like forty. It's like forty-five seconds. Not in Philly. Well, in Philly, it's probably more like the Eagles suck. Even well, though they won. I was gonna say actually, it's the other side now. But in, <laughs> uh, in Philly, it's probably more like this. It's a new cheesesteak in town. That's it. It's a yep. new cheesesteak in town. <laughs> you know, some guy who started it. He's been a fan of. He's been wanting to do it his whole life. He grew up in Philly. He left for a while, and he did some military time. He did like you know twenty seven years, retired colonel, and he's out now. He's coming back home, and his family's always been wanting to do this, and now he's doing this great story. But yeah. it's like forty five seconds, and the news is over after that. You if forgot, that, yeah, yeah, you forgot what yeah. even happened. Because then you know forty seconds into that, oh yeah, and by the way, there was another shooting in South Philadelphia. There you, there you go. Yep. So. I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't like to your point. I don't know what we can do to change it. I'm just trying to like, for my part, like just try to put some positivity out there while still making light. And then, like I said, to this next set of kids that are around me and talk to me, I just try to give them like as the realness on all of it and the yeah. consequences and stuff, because it ain't like, I don't care what anybody says. There's nothing. Even let's look at the Columbine kids, right? They're gone, but their families are suffering for the rest of the time that they're here. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago now, yeah. but yeah, you know, their, their families are not getting, of course, you know, the online sickos are glorifying them, that type of thing. Right. But their families are not living like no good life being the parents of those two dudes who, you know, probably even related to them. You're probably trying to get as far away from that as you can, if you were related yeah. to them. Yeah. It affects everybody, but so I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if I'll ever figure it out. Yeah, we just have to. I just try. I just try to like all I can do, and I tell everybody this: if if you start with the person in the mirror and start trying to make that person a better person, then to me that's your part first. That's yeah. all. That's how you can start. Like just try to be a better person yourself, and then hopefully when you're being that better person in the world, then the next person is trying to be a better person, and then now we got two better people, or at least they're working in the right direction of being a better person. I love it. That's how I do it, man. That is a perfect ending to the show. <laughs> So, just I uh, want to thank DJ Eakin for being hey on man, today. I appreciate you always having me here, man. Like Check out know. Eakin's show. Hashtag LFS, you know. Yeah. That's it. Where can they find you? Uh, at DJ Eakin across every platform. And then uh, we're getting this YouTube channel popping. It's at DJ Eakin TV. Um, it's funny because right now I'm about to, dude, I got to keep hiring people because I can't keep up, dude. Like, it, <laughs> like, like, and it's like, I'm getting hired um, uh, just a girl because Jason goes, dude, all the content, where's it at? Cause I'm just not getting it up. Like we're making stuff and it's like, so, um, yeah, but at DJ, you can across every platform. I'm there. Um, DJ website. And of course on YouTube, it's at DJ TV, man. Like, and I try to respond to everything or we try to. Um, and then like, um, on Sundays, if you come to those bucks games, uh, you can't get on the ship, but a lot of times I'm hanging out beside the ship. Just say hello. You know, um, 
Yo, I signed like my third autograph last game too, man. I signed like my third. Yeah. This dude had a hat. He was like, yo, E, can, can you? And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't sure what to do. And I was like, wait a minute. DJ, you can, let me sign that hat, boy. <laughs> yeah, so you know. So uh, it's awesome. Popping, though. Yeah, check them out in the... Once uh, once the game starts, you hop off of the out of the, the treasure chest, right? Well, it depends. Like, there's different things that we're doing this season. So, like, there's sometimes I do what we call the crew party, and the crew party is early. Like when people, I don't know how they've paid for this or where they get it at, but they're in the stadium early and they're getting free food and drinks, and they get to all go on a ship. And then I do that sometimes, and then. I'll stop for a second and then Casey comes on and then I'll do what we call the pre-party. And that's like when I get to introduce the GOAT and some other players. And then we're working some things where like during the game, but there's a couple of special things we got coming up to. I don't want to like take the cat out of the bag too early, but yeah, for the most part, I'm a lot of the pre-game fun and, yeah. and stuff like that. And then I just, I hang out for a while. Depends, um, you know, what's going on. But what I've learned is like, you don't know when you're going to get those moments back. So it's kind of like dope to be like the guy. Yeah. So I try to take all the pictures. I try to shake all the hands, but mostly you can find me like somewhere around that ship area. Cause we kind of got our own place and it's shady. And if it's a one o'clock game, oh, dude, yeah. I'm staying you, close. You need that. Yeah. <laughs> I would come see you, but I look down and I see the massive people it take to get from where I am to where you are. And I go, I'll wave. Yeah. Hey, for those who don't know, he just hit us with a flex. Because where he's at, right, it's probably cool and AC. He's like, yeah, you know, I looked down, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, well, I got to lead this AC. That's what you call. That's what you call a. Uh, uh, is that a, is that a skybox flex? Is that what that's called? Uh, West clubs. Uh, West club flex. There you go. Yeah. West club flex. See? Fifty yard line. Boom, boom. The flex just so, got bigger. I know. I know. It's, it's yeah. I can't. It's I can't. Flex, man. It, maybe if I come early to a game. Look, man. Look. Oh, you got look. If you just text me that you're there, sometimes I'm cool with that, man. Cause you're like, like you're my guy. So I look, man. Oh, it, okay, so so first game, right? Uh, I'll tell. I'll leave you with this story, right? It's gonna sound creepy. Did you but text it's not. me or did I get to it later? Well, no. So oh, okay. like we're we're they're fi finished. Pre-game was finishing up, or the game was about to start, and I could see you. Like you look about this big from where I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me picking on you for being short. It's That's where you're literally from. how far right. away it is, right? And I'm like. I'm going to zoom in and take a picture of Eakin on my phone and then I'm going to text it then to text him. text it to me? Something happened. I looked away and I looked back and you were gone. I was gone. Yeah. That's yeah. about how I moved down there yeah. too. Yeah. That is exactly how and I moved down And then texting you about that wouldn't have been as funny as just telling you in person about it. And that. what happens too, like, and I tell everybody this, I don't even mean to, like in the chaos of like messing with the drum line, because I'll be doing stuff like Captain Fear will come, I'll do stuff with, and I'll just be doing stuff that's like, because I'm a child, right? <laughs> and then I'll look and it'd be like the fourth quarter and somebody would be text me, go, where are you at? Or this, that, and the other. And I'll be like, oh, man. And then I'll be texting them back and it'll be, I missed the moment <laughs> or whatever. So it's not even on purpose. Like I said, the biggest thing with me with the Bucks games and like with anything I do now, like sometimes we forget to live in that actual moment. Like yeah. it's always going to be there. And like in radio, I think I missed a lot of those moments. And I had some really dope moments in radio. Still, still do when I do some stuff with them. But like, I just don't, like who gets to introduce Tom Brady every week? Yeah, like, that's pretty it's, awesome. Right. So I'm saying, so I try to like, that's a pretty dope thing. You're in a stadium, right? And like, even I told, I think I might've told Jason this before. I'm never going to like turn down the check, but I probably would have done this gig. No, I'm not saying that out loud. Cause they, 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 they'll, they'll never get to be like, Hey, I heard you say on this podcast, like that you would have, no, nah, we're not never saying that there's, out loud, but I'm having a good so. time. Yeah. Hey, but Hey, it's getting around, dude. This is the dope. Like you have dope conversations. People should know that. Well, I appreciate that. I enjoy, I enjoy hanging out with you. Well, thank you. I enjoy having you hanging out. Even though now I know I can't. What's that line called again? Stop bar. Yeah, the stop bar. Yeah. 
got a real I got a real hey you know how you say when you have that that feeling right here <laughs> I have a I have one of those feelings now every time I pull up to the stop bar and on that that is the Lawfather podcast for today right here from LFS Lawfather out <laughs>